This is our third Sunday on our series entitled, well, I started out the first Sunday, which was 4th of July Sunday, uh, or 4th of July weekend, and uh, the title started as Freedom, and then it shifted last week, and it's remaining the same as last week, and the title of my message today is Submission. And um, I've pastored for a long time, and this word has, at times, has kind of been like an ugly word, like a four-letter word, even though there's more than four letters. But uh, some people haven't liked this. And actually, what I'm teaching along this line, I've never taught before. And so, if this is the first time you've heard this, Probably what I'm going to share today, you've not heard, or, or it may not be what you think I'm going to say today. But I believe that this is one of the most important messages, literally, that I've ever preached. Ever. And it's something that has been developed in and out of my own life, things that God has revealed to me over the last few years that um, has caused this series to kind of culminate into what I'm sharing with you today. And I, I, I just believe that it's vital. You know how something can be shared, but if you don't catch what's being said, if you don't get it and get a hold of what's being said, you won't do anything with it. So my prayer today and my confession today over each one of you is that you catch what we're teaching in the series. You can listen to these online, go to our website and, and, and catch them up and either listen to them or download them at gatesofthecity.org. They're free. You can listen to them and, and, and really take some time in this series. I'll probably, there'll probably be six or seven messages in the series, but to this point, I don't, I don't know other than the series that we've done on the Holy Spirit, the help, I don't know that I've ever taught a series more important, I believe, for today than this series. In helping people to get a hold of what you need to advance in your life. You know, we can advance in portions of our life, but if we're not advancing internally in our hearts, in our character, it's not being developed. We're not, our lives are not being liberated and free, freed of certain things. Then, then we stay in certain mental ruts, because you know the Bible is very clear that the salvation that's really important once you're born again is the salvation of your soul, the renewing of your mind, your your body and your and and your soul being liberated from ruts that past experiences and, and generational curses and things that are in people's lives that rule their lives, it, it's vital that, we're, that we get liberated from those. And, and the salvation that God is focused on in your life is the salvation of your soul day to day. And, and that's why it's so vitally important, I believe, to, to embrace this message, get a hold of it, and apply it to your life. So our foundation scripture is found in James chapter 4. James 4. And um, 
starting with verse 6. But he gives more grace. Verse 6. But he gives more grace. One translation says greater grace. Therefore he says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Therefore submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. In previous messages, we've, we've talked about three things that submission is not. Number one, submission is not easy. Number two, submission is not agreement. Submission doesn't even start until you disagree. And number three, submission can never, ever, ever be forced. Ever. If another person, if one person forces another person to submission, then it's not submission. It's control. It can never be forced. It has to be something that a person believes in that they do. Number one, submission is not easy. If it was easy, everybody would do it. Number two, submission from the Word, and it's very clear, it's not agreement. You can agree with people to a certain point, and then when you disagree is where you choose to submit. And number three, submission without a doubt is never, ever, ever forced. So we've talked and kind of gone through a few things here. And, and I want to I just review one other passage of Scripture that we've talked about in the other two messages found in 1 Peter chapter 5. And actually, it's pretty close to, it says pretty much the exact same thing. 1 Peter chapter 5 and starting with verse 5. It says, Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud. It's an Old Testament passage that's here and in James also. But He gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that He may exalt you in due time or at the proper time. Casting all your care upon Him for He cares for you. Be sober and vigilant for your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking who he may devour. Everybody say the next word together. Ready? Read. Resist. Is it up there? Yes. Just say, say it. Let's say it together. Ready? Say it. Resist. Resist the devil and he will flee. Resist the devil and he will flee. Resist him and he will flee. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brethren in the world. But may the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you've suffered a while, will perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Everybody say amen to that. I love this. Sometimes, one service we may just like, I may just come in and for 45 minutes just read Scripture. That would be beneficial, right? Yeah. 
I love to just read Scripture out loud. <clears throat> so, um, so we're looking at three words in the last two weeks. We've been looking at three different words. The word pride, the word humility, and the word submission. We're looking at these three words and spending some time and, and dissecting these three words because they're really key words. And, 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 they're, and they're very, I mean, they're, they're, they're mentioned in the Bible, they're real words, and we don't want the world and, and the world's way of thinking to take those three words and pervert those in any way. Because I believe that they are key to your success, these three words. Pride, that's a key word to my success. Yeah, understanding it. It's key to your success. Pride, humility, and submission. Now, um, I had Fabian stand up here. Come here, just do it again. <clears throat> it's worth it. And I, and I said, um, you know, to resist, to resist something is to be against it, to not agree with it. So if Fabian's trying to move forward and I'm resisting him, move this way, he's trying to, well, th that's not working, so I'll try this. Well, that's not working, so I'll try this. But he's being resisted, then he can't advance. And actually, you're and my, if, if we're born-again Christians and we're filled with the Spirit of God, our advancement in God is our success. For me to advance in God is what makes me successful. So if I'm being, if, if I'm trying to move forward and I'm being resisted by God, man, let's get, let's get over that. Thank you. Let, let, let's figure out why God is resisting me and let's get past that. Now, now the question in many people's minds, will God resist us because of certain things? The Bible says he'll resist you for one thing, pride. God resists the proud, but he gives great grace to the humble. Now, the nature of God, this is an Old Testament passage mentioned in the New Testament, and the nature of God is not him watching everything that you do and deciding that he's today he's going to wake up and resist you and not give you a chance that's not his nature his nature that he the way god sees you today is through the blood of jesus and and what is that that's great grace it's not just great it's not just grace but it's overwhelming overflow of grace on your and my behalf so it doesn't matter what you and i have done we are forgiven if we choose to embrace it but what's set in motion is this. If I choose to operate in pride, then what's going to happen is what, sh what, what should be flowing to me, the grace and the mercy and all the things of God moving and flowing in my life, what happens is as I make choices to remain in pride, then I'm in this flow of resistance. Instead of the flow of liberty and freedom and the promises of God being manifested on my behalf. 
See, it's already set up in motion. And many times, because we don't practice being liberated from pride in little things, we wait till it becomes a huge thing. You know, there's, there's, there's pride that's real evident. You know, you can see a... I, I, I think I use this example in one of the other messages where you can see like a pro athlete that thinks that when his team is winning, it's all about him. And, and you listen to him, and when he talks, all he talks about is how great he is and all, the, all that he's done. And, and you can see that, well, that guy's in pride. You know, that's evident. Most people can see the pride that's there. But it's the hidden little areas of pride that I believe many times that we're just not aware of. And so there are times when it seems like that the devil's keeping all kinds of things from happening in our life. But what I see in Scripture is because we're not pursuing and drawing near to God and getting revelation from Him on a day-to-day basis, that we're in a position of being resisted. There's a place of being resisted by God sometimes that people are totally unaware of. And what they're blaming the devil for is really actually what's already set in motion by God because in many, in many situations where you would want to see things manifest and happen, actually it's the grace of God that's making sure that things don't actually come to pass in your life because you're not able to handle it because if something did happen and you're in pride, think about how things could be magnified. And how worse and how, how, what, what a detriment it could be to your life for things to, to happen and manifestation come and then you be destroyed because of the pride in your life. The grace of God many times protects us from ourselves. I've got a lot of strong amens on that one. So... I just, I wrote down four or five just examples of, of, of pride that, you know, if you're, if you're working on something, you want to be aware of something. How many in here today believe that there were things that went on in your life before you were born again, if you're born again today, that went on in your life before you were born again? that affected your life, that they didn't, those things didn't just change the day that you got saved. That there were still things that you were being affected by in, in, from your past. Right? So, if, if there are things we were raised with, and mindsets that we were raised with that need to change, then would we not want those things out of our lives so that we're not operating in things that are causing a resistance to be there versus a free flow? I want, I want everything from heaven flowing to me. And if there's a part that I play in that coming to me, because he's already done everything he's going to do, but could there be things in me that are causing a resistance? Well, I say yes based on what Scripture says. And, and all that says to me and what it's been doing in my life as I've been seeking God about my own life is removing the elements that cause resistance. And that's not a bad thing. That can be a, that can be a little bit of a time-consuming thing because you have to spend some time with God to find out what needs to change in you. 
But all it'll do is cause you to advance. I don't know about you. I want to advance. I don't want to stay in the same place. I want, I, I, I'm, in, I'm into advancement. Can you say amen? So, um, these are just, I mean, all random examples, okay? But, and I, I mean, women the same way. I'm not a, a woman, so I don't know. Um, but as, as, as young guys, how many, how many in here were ever dared to do something? Come on. How, how many, you know, like a dare or a double dog dare? You know, especially when you're younger, right? A double dog dare you. Now, now, you know, this is just a simple little example, okay? But what would cause you to, what would cause you to take the dare? Huh? Pride, right? Because well, I, I want them to think I'm weak or I'm whatever. So, you know, as a, as a younger person, those are a whole lot harder, but... How many know that we get double dog dares in different forms the older we get? I don't, you know, I don't want people to think I'm this or that or whatever. So what if you get a double dog dare when you're 35 or 40 years old, you know, in whatever form it comes in, and you just look at somebody eyeball to eyeball and you just say, whatever, I'm going to the house and eating me a bowl of ice cream. Or whatever. You know? Because I don't care what you think. And it doesn't matter to me. And I'm going to do what God tells me to do. And I'm not in fear of you. And I don't care what you think or say. And it doesn't matter. No matter what pressure you try to put on me. I'm not giving in to that. I'm just telling you. I had to get over some of the effects of double dog dares. From the time I was a little kid to the times I grew up and was still faced with issues that caused me to be in pride over decisions that I made and what happens? God can't flow to you. He, he will not mix his presence with pride because pride is a spirit. And the spirit of God and the spirit of pride can't mix. They're like oil and water. They don't mix. You can stir them forever and they will not mix but you can choose one or the other. I don't know about you. I choose. I'm choosing the Spirit of God. Amen? I'm choosing the Spirit of God. Um, you know, uh, there was a couple things when I was, when I was younger that happened to me that, that I came out of those experiences and I made this statement. I will never be like that. There are people that have had experiences like, let's say, parents, something happened and parents did something or people in authority did something to them. And so their attitude is, I will never be like my parent. I will never be that way. I will never, ever, ever be like that. And, and you know, what's involved in that is now a motivation in life to not be that way. And that motivation is fear that's fueled by pride. The motivation is in fear that's fueled by pride. I'll never be like that. No, you, you don't have to not be like someone else. 
We have through the Word how to be examples of Jesus Christ. One of the reasons you and I need to grow up and be who we were created to be is so that other people can see God in us and they want to be like us. And they see marriage is good and they see children that you raised that, that, that turned out well and they see this thing and that thing and they look at you and they say, I, 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 I want to be like that. Paul said the things that you see me do that are of God, you do those things and the God of peace shall be with you. What it takes is us being liberated and set free of pride. Because God cannot flow with you in pride. God's building His church that the gates of hell cannot prevail against. You and I have a responsibility to make disciples of people of Jesus Christ. God can't build the church in pride, with prideful people. He won't build His church that the gates of hell cannot prevail against. He will not build His church with pride-filled people. He can't. It's impossible. So, as a result of that is, as a result of that, if we're full of pride and we resist the devil, what happens? He doesn't flee. The devil won't flee when someone that's full of pride is rebuking him and commanding him to go. And these passages of scripture are real evident. And that's why, that's why in James he said, submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from me. And the next verse says this. Draw near to God, and God will draw near to you. You take a step towards God, you submit to God, and things will begin to happen. Now, if you're taking notes, write these three things down. How do you submit to God? Number one, you submit to His Word. A while back I was meeting with a person. They said, you know, Pastor, I've, I've got this situation in my life and I'm not sure about what to do about this and, 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 and I just I need an answer. And I said, okay. I said, here's your answer from the word if any man lacks wisdom let him ask of God who gives to all men freely and he doesn't hold back and so what you need to do is you need to draw near to God by continually thanking him and asking him to reveal to you wisdom that you need in this situation he had a lot of knowledge about it but he didn't know what to do and I said the key to it is I can tell you what to do and then you do it and if it doesn't work you're going to blame me or you can take the information that you have, seek God, gain the wisdom that you need, and do that. Well, okay, I'll pray about that. No, the Word said what to do. See, to submit to God is to submit to His Word. There's nothing to pray about except going to God and thanking Him for wisdom. It's not praying about whether that's going to work or not. That's what the Word says, and it will work. And when I submit to God by submitting to what His Word says about a given situation, it'll work every time. Every time. Number two, 
Number two, you submit to God by submitting to the voice of His Spirit. Sometimes things aren't as evident as that passage of Scripture is right there. But there's the voice of the Spirit, and when the voice of the Spirit is speaking to you because you're developing your ability to hear His voice. There's all kinds of voices, but there's only one Spirit that is from God that has a voice. And that Spirit will speak things to you. Not, not n- normally in audible voices. There's been times that people have heard audible voices, but that's not the way God speaks. He speaks in the still small voice that we learn to develop. So, so submitting to God is number one, submitting to His Word, and number two, submitting to the voice of His Spirit. Can you... Can you as a human being who has natural ears, but if you're born again, you have spiritual ears, can you hear the voice of the Spirit of God? Can He speak to you and you understand that and get a hold of it? He says we can. He said, said, those who are led by my Spirit are the sons and the daughters of God. People that believe that God is their Father. Holy Spirit is real, and what Jesus did really accomplished what the Bible says that He accomplished. He left left us the Holy Spirit, and why would He give us the Holy Spirit and then the Holy Spirit not be able to communicate to us what we need? So, working the dynamics of those two things out, because, because this here... This book and the pages of this book are the the Word of God, but they're the words that God spoke. And what the Holy Spirit is here to do is to reveal to you through these passages of Scripture the things that you need day to day. Every answer to every issue and problem on planet Earth is found in this book. But the problem is, you can't turn to chapter and verse on every situation like I told you about the guy that I told him, James chapter 1, if any man lacks wisdom. You can't turn necessarily to chapter and verse every single time and it say what you think it should say without it being revealed to you by the voice of the Spirit. That's why you need the combination of the two. Amen? What we're talking about is three things that it takes to submit to God. What is submission to God? Submitting to His Word, number one. Developing and learning to submit to the voice of the Spirit. And then learning to submit to people that God has put in your life. I didn't get one amen from that. I got the amen on the Word and the Spirit. <laughs> so, we talked a little bit about that last week, but, but, but I want to I, I just read today. It's a short chapter in the Old Testament. And it's found in Numbers chapter 12. And uh, this is an interesting story. And actually, actually, everything... I'm just going to read a little bit of this as I tie this message together. Actually, everything that we just talked about in the New Testament is actually found in this story in Numbers chapter 12. Then Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses because 
of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married. For he had married an Ethiopian woman. This is his second wife. He had married an Ethiopian woman. Who are Miriam and Aaron? Brother, sister. So as we read this, just remember, you've got to watch out for family. No. So, so, okay. Well, l- l- let me read on and then, and then I want to make my point here. So they said, has the Lord indeed spoken only through Moses? Has he not spoken through us also? And the Lord heard it. Now, the man Moses was very what? Humble. Humble, meek, which means humble. More than all the men who were on the face of the earth. He wasn't just meek or humble. There was nobody else more humble on planet earth than Moses. And Moses didn't say that. God said that. See, if you're saying that about yourself, (laughs) that's pride, isn't it? But God said that about Moses. And what's the thing about Moses? Here's the the meekest man on the earth is the most used man on planet earth in his day. Nobody was used and trusted like Moses. Why? Because of his humility. What did he do? James chapter, or 1 Peter chapter 5 that we just read, he humbled himself under the mighty hand of God. He came under the that, that control and submission to God, and as a result of being under, he was the most powerful used man on planet earth. In other words, when he resisted the devil, the devil went. When he commanded certain things to happen, they happened. When he said it was going to happen in front of Pharaoh and all the world to see. Think about if CNN would have been there in those days and what they would have shown on TV. And all those ten plagues would have manifested around the world and, 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 and the news media would have seen it. Why? Why, why, why did that happen? Because of humility. It didn't just happen because that was what the plan was. God had a plan for your life before you were even thought about. The only thing that can stop the manifestation, the only thing that will cause people to go to the grave prematurely and not fulfill their destiny is pride. Only thing from what I see. Only thing in your and my life that can keep us is pride in us, not God. God has a plan. He had a plan before you even were, and his plan is for that to come to pass in your and my life. Amen? That's why if we've got areas of pride in our life, we just need to know. And not only do we need to know, we need to be busy ridding ourselves of those things. Why would we want to keep something it's causing this resistance mode to arise in our life. It's almost like a, it's almost like a shield. You choose, you choose the pride, something comes to block. And see, it's already set in motion. It's not God in, in, his, in his anger. And, no, he didn't see you through anger. He sees you through the blood of Jesus. He sees you through what Jesus accomplished. But we position ourselves to be stopped and the blessings to stop in our life because we choose to make choices that are about ourselves. The Bible says, let your unselfishness be known to all men. But why? Because the Lord is near. 
God wants you and I to be liberated from things that would hinder what God planned and what He has had planned for us even before we were even thought about from happening coming to pass. It's a big thing, folks. I'm telling you, it's a big thing. It's huge. And he said, so he's the meekest man. Suddenly the Lord said, Moses, Aaron, Miriam, let's go to the woodshed. <laughs> kind of thing, right? Looks like what it's saying to me, kind of thing. So the three of them came out. Then the Lord came down in the pillar of cloud and stood in the door of the tabernacle, and he called Aaron and Miriam, and they both went forward, and he said to them, Hear now my words. If there's a prophet among you, I, the Lord, make myself known to him in a vision. I speak to him in a dream. Not so with my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. Remember what God said when, David, when David's brothers were complaining and what was said about David? When God went to choosing who was going to be the next king and went through all of David's brothers, God said, I don't, I don't look at the outward. I look at what? The heart. Because of the humility that, I, that he operated in, God said, He's the most humble. Remember what God said when Jesus came up out of the water in the Sea of Galilee? That's my boy, my beloved son. I'm well pleased with him. I don't know about you, but even when I'm fixing to say this, I get chills on my body thinking about it. When I stand before the judgment seat of Christ, that's what I want to hear. That's what I want to hear. And I'm telling you, I've given him some reasons to not say that. We've all given God some reasons to not say that. But the blood of Jesus, the great grace that's available, <laughs> you and I can live the, the rest of our days on planet earth, we can live in great grace because of what Jesus accomplished if, if, and there's always an if. There's always a condition. See, God's already done everything that He's going to do. And there's not this huge responsibility on what we do. We just have to choose to do what He says. We just have to choose to see His Word as final authority that settles every question and issue that we have. And we have to choose to take the time that it takes to hear His voice. And then we have to choose to do what He says. That's our part. See, we're not, we're not walking in this life trying to work up our authority, work up this, get, be strong enough, be enough of this. No, he gave us his word, he gave us his spirit, all of heaven backs up everything that we do when we choose to do what he says. It's not, my, not by might nor power, but by his spirit that things are accomplished. That's why these things have to be so prevalent in your my life. These things are the, have to be what you and I are seeking after. So here in this story, he's saying to the two of them, watch, watch what he says here. He said in verse 7, Moses is faithful to all my house. I speak with him face to face, even plainly and not in dark sayings. And he sees 
the form of God, why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? Now there lies a huge question that I'm going to kind of end this message with today. There lies a huge question. Why were you not afraid? Why were you not afraid of putting your mouth on Moses? Here's the thing about this third category, and we'll look at all three of these again next week. But here's the thing about the third category. To submit to God is to submit to those who are in places of authority. And you know, just take the church, you can take jobs, you can take government officials, you can take, I don't care who it is. Ultimately, you know, most of the time in the past when I've talked about submission, people will say things to me. Yeah, but pastor, isn't there a time when you don't submit to what someone says? <laughs> and, I th- and, I, and I think I've said this before. <laughs> when people ask me that, that's the, we're talking about submission, and I'm giving you all this information, and that's the first thought you have? That means some of that needs to get out. And you need to get rid of that. Because we need to want to submit. Because submission doesn't start until there's a disagreement. And in whatever, in, in Romans 13, we read this the first message. In Romans 13 it says that we're to submit to all governing authority. Because all governing authority, whatever kind, is set in place by who? By God. So, when someone is doing something that's in authority, that goes against the word, it's illegal, immoral, whatever, then we have a right to stand on God's word and not flow with that. In government officials today, people think it's very easy to just disagree with what someone thinks and says or their ideas or their slant to something, and so we can just put our mouth on that. God says no. And to think that you know better and know better than what the Word of God says, that He resists the proud, for you to continue to do that and say things about people in in, in areas of authority is to be resisted by God. God put people in those places. You, you know how, whether you agree with the, the, the reigning president in the United States right now, whether you agree with that president or not, who put, who put President Obama in office? The people. And so, that office is set, and God says, because you chose, I acknowledge the place. See, the next king in Israel, when they were without a king, shouldn't have been Saul. It should have been David. But the problem is, David either wasn't born or he was just a little tyke. He wasn't ready. But because of the people, Saul became king. And what happened? Great destruction. But David wouldn't touch the king... He wouldn't touch the king. Why? 
because he acknowledged that all authority is from God. And to go against authority is to rebel against God. In the church here, my wife and I are under shepherds of this body here in, the, in this church. Does that mean that we do everything right? Does that mean that we're more spiritual than everybody in the church here because we're the pastors of the church? I mean, we should be spiritual. We should have a hunger for the Word. What I'm teaching you today, I should be applying it to my life. That's what should be happening. You have to judge whether you feel like that it is or not. You have to judge yourself, okay? But it doesn't mean any of those things. It's a place that God set up. You have to believe in that. I can't force you to believe that. You have to believe in the place and and honor the position and the place. And when you honor the position and the place by humbling yourself under the mighty hand of God, the Bible says He'll exalt you in the proper time. Notice in those two passages of Scripture in James and 1 Peter that the exaltation and the devil fleeing and all of those things are the result of true submission to God. His Word, the voice of His Spirit, and the people that God puts in your life. That's why you shouldn't choose where you attend church. You shouldn't just choose, you know, it it shouldn't be a, a weak choice that you make in where you attend because what you're under in, in the form of authority is what's going to filter down to you. And, and as God teaches us and, and reveals to us this, what's going to happen in the days ahead is that great blessing and prosperity and advancement are going to happen in people's lives like never before. Now listen to me. I'm telling you. We're living in a time, in a season and a time in, on planet Earth where Natural things are happening all around. Governments are failing, supposedly. Internally, governments, even this nation right here, there's all kinds of speculation about the future of this nation. You know, I'm not here. I'm not using this pulpit to declare what's going to happen in the days ahead. All I know is that from the Word of God, if I base everything on what the Word says, I live in a safe place. You live in a safe place. Amen? We live in a safe place when we base it on the Word. The Bible in Isaiah says, darkness will cover the earth and deep darkness will cover the people but God. And that's my frame of mind in everything that I see out there. We're living in serious times when the bottom could fall out of Anything in the natural, anything, I don't care what it is, the bottom could fall out of the government, of the banking system, the financial system. I mean, in the natural, it looks like the bottom's falling out. But that can't be where our faith is. Our faith has to be in the greatness of God. See, what, and, and we'll do, you can do everything and be as smart as you can be and, and do the things that God is revealing to you to do in the financial world and those kind of things. But at the end of the day, folks, there's nothing in the natural that is sure. Only God is sure. And I just tell you now, you and I, in the days and the hours that we're living in, we don't want to find ourselves existing in pride. I hear the voice of the Spirit, and when the Holy Spirit reveals something to me that is pride, that's attached to pride, I'm getting it out. I'm doing whatever it takes. One of the things that I find that really helps 
<clears throat> is that I listen twice as much as I talk. Because talkers will verbally get themselves sometime in pride. But if you listen twice as much as you talk, then what you say has value to it and has strength to it. And especially when we say things that come from God. Amen? Today, as I give you this word and, and, and give you this message, I'm telling you from my heart that this word and the revelation of this word is, is something that has got to go deep in your heart that you've got to get a hold of and to understand. And today, as you take the three things I just mentioned to you about submitting to God, as you take those things and you apply it and you learn to understand it, God, we're not here to try to understand God's Word and, he, and who God is on our own. He's given us the Spirit. He's given us His Word. That's why we submit to the Word being with final authority and we submit to the voice of the Spirit of God and we submit to those that God has placed in our life in areas of authority. Submission isn't an ugly thing. It's a protective thing. And as we submit ourselves to God, to His Word, to His Spirit, to the people that God has put in our lives, amazing things are ahead for us. We're storing up for ourselves, the foundation of things which are to come. And I, and I believe that the greatest days of the church are before us. I'm telling you, the greatest days for the church are before us. It's not easy. Sometimes it can feel overwhelming. Sometimes it can, there can feel like huge pressure that's on you and on your life in things that you deal with. But I'm telling you, the greatest days for the church are before us. Why? Because the church who is submitting to the Word and to the Spirit of God and to those who are in authority, they got the goods on the inside. We got something to offer to people. Can you say amen? Father, we thank you. <clears throat>